Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the gift of gratitude. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. This week's tour portion is special because it is the festival of Shavuot, one of three festivals that Adonai commands his people to go where he is commanding them to, to come together and celebrate. Um, The other two are Passover and Sukkot. Now, the tour portion is a little different. You may have a different tour portion than the one I'm telling you because the one I'm giving you is actually for the second day of Shavuot, which is Shanae Shel Shavuot, which literally means second of Shavuot. You'll find that in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22, and chapter 16, verse 17. Also, Numbers 28, verses 26 to 31. The half tour portion is Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 1 through 19. And the Brit Hadashah, depending on where you can find it, um, is Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 to 17. Um, this is actually a really short Torah portion. So if you've never read a Torah portion before, this is a really great place to start. I also want to apologize if it sounds a little bit different than normal, because normally I actually do this podcast in my room. However, my husband is not feeling well, and it's 1030 at night, and he needs his sleep. So I took mercy upon him, and I'm out in the desk in my dining room, which means that there might be a slight echo. So I do apologize for that if it comes through in the podcast. Unfortunately, it's this or a closet, and uh, I don't want to overheat. I love y'all, but I'm, I'm not going to overheat for, for the podcast if I can help it. So this week's portion uh, or podcast is called The Gift of Gratitude. And I know I've discussed this before because gratitude is very similar to praise, um, exaltation, um, exhortation. And it means, if you look in the, the uh, Webster's Dictionary, it says the quality or feeling of being grateful or thankful. Uh, another website said gratitude is the expression of appreciation for what one has. And this week I have a lot to be grateful for. But uh, last Sunday, most of you know, some of you may or may not celebrate Mother's Day. Whether you do or not, it's always good to at least have one day a year where you're showing appreciation for the person who gave birth to you. Thank you, Mom. I love you. I I know you enjoyed your gift because I got to see a video of it, so that makes me very happy. I'm sorry we just can't be near each other for this, but it gave me a new appreciation because we did not celebrate Mother's Day last week because I just had my surgery that previous Friday and I wasn't feeling well. I was still medicated and just was feeling really nauseous and terrible, so... uh, my husband said, we'll just do it next, next Sunday. So that would be today because you know, I pre-record these and typically as most moms know, at least in America, I don't know how they do it in other countries. I'd really love to know if you want to, you know, email me and let me know or if they even have a mother's day. Um, 
you know, you'll get cards or, you know, your kids will do something for you. I actually had a seven, seven course meal one, one year. That was actually phenomenal where my kids and my husband all waited on me and cooked food for me and had a menu. And it was really just an awesome thing, um, that my family did for me and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, this year, my kids seemed to be kind of at a loss for what to do for me. And I was like, you know, it'd be really nice if you guys could do, I really told my husband this, you know, you could do something that I would appreciate <laughs> versus just something that you think I want. Um, one of my children bought me ice cream, which was very sweet of him. Although I really shouldn't be eating ice cream right now because I'm trying to get more healthy. And um, another one wanted me to take, take me to the spa, which is awesome, but not necessarily my cup of tea or something that I really want and or need to do at this moment. Um, and I get it. They just want to spend time with me. But I was like, look, I love you all. You know, my husband made me waffles, which was glorious for, for breakfast. Another thing I don't normally eat. And I said, you know, it'd be really great if, if our kids could just move this desk out into the dining room and my file drawer and my printer and stuff because we had it in there because of our renovations in the dining room, which are now at a standstill at the moment. They're in limbo and won't be done for probably many months, but neither here nor there. The point is, I also said, you know, I'd really love for them to be able to maybe clean my bathroom because I haven't been able to do it because I haven't been well. And my poor husband has had so many, he's been wearing both of our hats for the past couple weeks. He was just exhausted. So um, it wasn't great because it wasn't something that they wanted to do. And because they didn't want to do it, they gave us a hard time about it. And really primarily me, which as a mom, you know, it doesn't make you feel really great. Um, actually kind of makes you feel like a failure, which is crazy because it's their bad behavior. That's making you feel like a failure as a parent. Right. And my children just were not acting in a way that I thought reflected how we raised them. <laughs> and, um, they did actually do it. Um, it just took some time. And I will say that not all of them behaved in a negative manner. But it really, it brought me back to gratitude. Because I was thinking back and I'm like, man, if it was Mother's Day and my mom asked me if I could do something specific, I would bend over backwards to do that for her. And for some reason, I felt like my kids, like, I don't know if they just take me for granted or what, but they just aren't willing to do that. They also did play a board game with me, which I really am thankful for because they're not typically super excited to do that as a family together. So that was actually really fun. So um, that did make up for the earlier behavior, but it brought me to the to mind about gratitude and thankfulness and being appreciative of what we have because so often we tend to just completely take for granted things that we really shouldn't take for granted. And I think that that's true. Like, especially in the American culture, we, we take things for granted, like running water where some other countries don't have that or, you know, a septic system, things of that nature, you know? And I think we just, we forget, we forget how good we have it. And, you know, you could be saying, well, Erica, I'm really grateful for everything I have. I'm never, okay. When was the last time you thanked the Lord for breathing? That's something that the rabbi always says, you know, if, if uh, we have testimonies on Saturdays during our services and if you don't come up or not enough people come up, he says, well, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, all of you have some form of testimony because you got up this morning, you know, 
you're, you're breathing. And I think that it's a good reminder to be that way. But I think it is also part of the problem that we're living in in this world. Like a lot of the problems that we have here in America are not third world problems because third world problems are dealing with actual problems, like serious problems versus we're dealing with emotional and psychological problems that I don't think would be an issue if we were more fear for our lives. Like, I don't think the people in China have the same LGBTQ issue. Why, one, it's a communist country, so not really allowed to have their own opinion because that's a good way to either die or be sent to a camp. But two, those who are believers in that kind of environment are so grateful for what they do have. They're thankful for the word and for what they've been able to memorize and know because they can't be that can't be taken from them. They might be able to take a Bible away from them. They can't take away the word once it's hidden in their heart. And I found this thing I was looking up for just like a messianic gratitude, meanings for gratitude. And I found this thing called Explain the Hebrew Word for Gratitude. I thought it was really good. I wanted to read it to you real quick. It's from uh, firmisrael.org. Once again, I'm not promoting them. It just happens to be something I found. And I agree with this particular portion. It says the Hebrew term for gratitude is hakarat hatov, which literally translates to recognizing the good. As we begin to recognize the good, even in small ways, it will undoubtedly lead us to noticing the good in other areas of our lives. Gratitude affirms. It has a way of multiplying. As we profess gratitude, the more reasons we'll find to be thankful. Even and especially in the midst of difficult circumstances, gratitude has a way of uplifting the soul. Scripture is replete with encouragement as well as instruction to be thankful. Consider that as believers, even in the darkest season of life, we can praise God for the gift of salvation, the hope of eternal life, his great and unending love, and his promise to never abandon us or reject us. But why give thanks? What value is there in conveying gratitude? The reason is twofold. God is worthy of our gratitude and expressing our gratitude. To God is to our benefit. In other words, it is for our good as well as for his glory. Subsequently, consider this. Even in the moments when gratitude doesn't come naturally, it is still accomplishing a dual purpose. Psalm 106, amongst many other psalms, proclaims that God's love endures forever. This truth alone is reason enough to elicit deep gratitude to God in accordance to the Hebrew understanding of giving thanks. Psalm 106.1 says, Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. As described in Hebrews 12.28-29, which says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. We as believers are citizens of God's kingdom, one that is secure, peaceful, majestic, untroubled. This is part of the joy we have as followers of Jesus. Being a part of his kingdom means that nothing can come between us and God's love. I believe it goes without saying that his, this assurance should move us to worship and praise God with gratitude. Thanksgiving is how we enter his courts. It is how we touch his heart. God, the creator of the universe, the almighty God, the father of eternity is moved by our earnest gratitude. 
Psalm 68, 4, sing unto God, sing praises to his name, cast up a highway for him that rideth through the deserts. Gratitude is also a means by which the attitude of our hearts is righted. In other words, the act of thanksgiving creates a baseline for a positive outlook, instills hopefulness, and renders humility. I know there's a guy, um, I was part of this program, it was, um, I can't remember what it was called, but he was really big on gratitude. And it was interesting because he wasn't a believer either. He just believed that writing, he had a gratitude journal. He would write something he was grateful for, if not multiple things, every single day. Because he he felt that it would it helped his attitude. And honestly, I'm sure that it really did work for him. Because gratitude is also a means by which the attitude of our hearts is righted. Philippians 4, 6-7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. Gratitude evokes and inspires a response. It motivates us to appreciate what we have today and put sincere effort into making the most out of a situation. And gratitude awakens us to value each day that we are given and to live with appreciation. Giving thanks is prompted when we receive something good, which we don't deserve, most especially the unmerited favor of God, his boundless and amazing grace. In Judaism, there's an abundance of opportunities to express such things as well. Nearly every prayer begins with the words, Blessed are you, Lord our God. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu. In Hebrew, bracha, which means blessing, shares the same root with the word for me, barech. When we say a blessing and are on our knees before God, we are in a position of gratitude. As we go a little further with examining roots of Hebrew words, the very word for a Jewish person, Yehudi in Hebrew, has the same root as giving thanks, which is hoda'ah in Hebrew. So instead of calling the Jewish people, people of the book, linguistically, it would make more sense to call them the grateful people. We do not romanticize the people, but we recognize the wisdom and value in their traditions. As we hear the popular daily Jewish prayer, beginning with the words, Moda ani lafaneka, I give thanks before you, we take heed. It expresses gratitude to God for the gift of another day. It is arguably the most appropriate manner in which to start, start our days. Therefore, let us start afresh and focus on Hakarat Hatov, recognizing the good. So often, we get so caught up in our daily lives and what's going on with us personally that we don't stop and see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is Adonai and this world that he's given us and this life that he's given each and every one of us and the air that we are breathing, that he has breathed into us. And the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit that he has given us, to be with us always. And Yeshua HaMashiach, who is sitting at the right hand of Adonai. How can we truly not, if we are dwelling on these things each and every single day, not be grateful and have a grateful heart for such things? I wanted to read you a psalm, um, which you might know portions of. I'm going to read most of it, not all of it. I think I'm going to start in uh, Psalms chapter 139, um, starting in verse 2 and reading until, where are you? 
I'm thinking 16. 16 or 18. We'll see when I keep reading. Whenever I sit down or stand up, you know it. You discern my thinking from afar. You observe my journeying and my resting, and you are familiar with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Adonai, you know all about it. You hemmed me in behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your ruach, your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, look, you are there too. If I take the wings of the dawn and settle on the other side of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely darkness covers me, night keeps light at a distance from me. Even darkness is not dark for you, and night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are alike. For you have created my conscience. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am awesomely, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was unformed, and in your book were written the days that were formed, when not one of them had come to be. How precious are your thoughts, O God! How great is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I think right there is really great representation of how we should live our lives. Not how we do all the time. So I know I totally mess this up on a regular basis, but how we should live our lives. That entire thing, the focus on is on what? On who? It's on Adonai. It's not on what our circumstances are. It's on what who Adonai says he is and what he do, has done for us and glorifying his name no matter what the circumstances are. And I think so often we get so caught up in me, 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 I, 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 that that's where we end up tripping ourselves up and end up living in sin, walking in sin, doing our own thing because it's all about us. We have totally taken God out of the equation of our lives and decided that we knew better than our own creator that we no longer praise him for what he has done for us. We glorify ourselves instead of glorifying him. We no longer have a grateful heart for what we've been given, but are constantly longing for something greater. That we end up missing the mark and we miss the point. And we miss what Yeshua has for us. So my prayer for each and every one of us, including myself, is to be more mindful of that this week. Each and every day of our lives. To be grateful for each and everything that we have. Even if we don't see why we should be grateful for it. Instead of acting entitled or only interested in our own self-worth. Let's try to focus on the outward Focus on Yeshua, Adonai, the Ruach HaKodesh. And then once you're able to keep your focus on that, your feet will be firmly planted where they should be. And then you could truly love yourself and then learn to love your neighbor as yourself. So I pray that 
this particular message has spoken to you and that you're encouraged by it, that you can face whatever life may come at you with, whatever trials and tribulations you have, with knowing that Yeshua is always with you. I know I did not really talk much about Shavuot. I believe I've done that in a previous episode. And I really, this is what was really laid on my heart this particular week. We are to be so thankful for our creator and Yeshua and for the Ruach HaKodesh that was given to us on the day of Pentecost, but also remembering what Shavuot was truly all about, which if you read the Torah portion is exactly what it talks about. Deuteronomy 14, 22 to chapter 16, verse 17. Super short and sweet, but it discusses exactly what Shavuot is about for um, those that were following Adonai in the Old Testament. And then you can obviously go into the New Testament to read about those followers who were able to continue on and continue not only observing what the original Shavuot was, but also what it is as well. Shavuot and Pentecost are not two separate things. They are two things. Uh, They're one thing. Um, They're actually very similar. My husband did a really great sermon on it this past weekend, which you can check out at uh, Beth Simca Messianic Congregation, Wilmington, North Carolina on YouTube in case you're interested. And as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, I pray. Amen. May you all have a fantastic, blessed week. And I hope that you'll tune in again next week. Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com. Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much, and remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point, and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.